0: And welcome to X-Files Talk X-Files, the only podcast that knows the best way to distract from the fact your lead actress is days away from giving birth is to put your lead actor in a pair of tight red speedos. I'm your host, David Harwood, and joining me again today is Tiffany Duvall from Xfilesnews.com. Welcome along, Tiffany. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing very good. Thank you.
1: We've made it to season two now.
0: Season two? I was looking at my sort of breakdown as to what episodes we're going to cover when, and in just a few short episodes' time, we're going to be breaking into the end of season three, season four, and I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, we're going to... How's this podcast going to sustain through until January before the revival yeah. starts? And I'm thinking, no, we have 202 episodes. Then, yeah, and two then
1: movies. you remember how many episodes there actually are. And the fact that discussing the movies alone would probably take more than a single episode. So, I don't know. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Possibly. And uh, (laughs) just to let all the listeners know, um, we started this podcast with, uh, you know, a pretty... A pretty good plan in, in mind of what we were going to do and what we were going to cover in each episode. Now that we know exactly when the revival is going to air, I have a concrete plan in mind. So we're not always going to be doing um, six or eight episodes per podcast when we get to some of the uh, mythology two and three parters we're going to just focus on those exclusively uh, for some of them throughout the course of the podcast and then of course when we have the two movies we're going to have special podcasts for each of those. We're trying to be uh, fair to all of the hardcore mythology fans and all of the shippers and everybody else who loves the show but doesn't necessarily fall into either of those categories. So today uh, we are going to discuss the first six episodes of season two. So from Little Green Men through to One Breath. Um, so first four episodes I'm probably just going to generalize um, because it's the second four Episodes? Did I say the first six episodes? We're talking about the first eight episodes. First
1: eight, yeah. First eight.
0: Wow. And this is why I'm a creative person and not an engineer. (laughs) Okay, sorry. We're talking about the first eight episodes of season two. But basically to set the scene, um, obviously this is when Gillian Anderson was heavily pregnant and about to give birth. So there was a lot of... Uh, creative manoeuvring going on around that, Um, not just to hide the fact that she was pregnant on screen, but also to give her a break from being on screen, period. Um, The fact that the Exiles are shut down at the end of season one helped that a lot, because it separated Mulder and Scully, so you could have a lot more adventures with Mulder off on his own, And, you know, his communications with Scully can be restricted then to the phone or it can just be him going off doing his thing. So that's where we are at the beginning of this season. I'm just going to talk real briefly about Little Green Men, um, which I think is a a highlight for me of the first four episodes. It's a mythology episode, but it's interestingly not written by Chris Carter. Um, But this is where um, basically, you know, the, the moment I want to talk about in this episode is the flashback to Mulder's childhood when his sister Samantha is abducted, and you get to see it from his perspective. You know, he's just a kid, he's arguing with his sister about what they're going to watch on TV, all of a sudden there's bright lights, and his sister is, like, levitating in the room, and she disappears out through the window. Mm -hmm. And then we have a couple of standalones, the host, Blood, and then we have Sleepless, which is um, a standalone Monster of the Week kind of episode, but it's uh, where we meet... Agent Krychek for the first time, who seems like a very nice fellow, um, eager to please, um, by the book. Um, and we'll get to see him a little bit more over the course of uh, not just season two, but beyond. Uh, Tiffany, you go ahead and interject now, those first four episodes, what do you want to hear on? on?
1: Um, let's see, I think uh, Little Green Man is such an awesome premiere, especially after you have the X-Files the closing at the end of season one. And then you, know, you have Mulder, of course, who is in Puerto Rico. He's at uh, uh, he's in Arecibo, so he's at the uh, satellite array there. Uh, so, you know, of course you have the big tape decks and, you know, they're listening for, for signs of extraterrestrial life. And, of course, you have the line that, you know, he utters that, Everybody then yells at stoplights forever after this, where he's screaming, "You know, no ho on the roho." Um, <laughs> so I don't know. For for years, I would still kind of be doing that. You know, every time the you know a traffic light was trying to turn red, not that I like ran red lights or anything, just just yelled it as I had to come to a stop. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was a fun episode in a lot of ways. Um, it certainly. I think everyone started to learn kind of more about uh, some of the places in which things uh, happen in the X Files, especially with uh, the SETI program. I think that people kind of, you know, the X Files was really based in a lot of reality, so it it really made, especially uh, the younger people watching the show, uh, want to learn more about that. So, you know, I'm I'm sure you had kids like doing projects. Uh, for school on SETI and and talking about the setup in Arecibo after that.
0: Okay, Uh, last time we talked about, you know, the whole, you know, uh, this is back in the day now when before you had a lot of forums and stuff online. Mm -hmm. So uh, after X-Files had come on TV, I would jump onto my Outlook and pull up the Yahoo chat groups and go in there and talk (laughs) X-Files. You just reminded me with... um, we're talking about SETI that I used to have that SETI screensaver thing. Which I think SETI is closed down now, but I think yeah. based on uh, you know, my fandom of the X Files, I went and downloaded the SETI screensaver, which basically when you were not using your computer, it would act as a screensaver, but it would also use your computer processing resources to I guess help filter through yeah. all of the yeah, SETI I data. That. I'm sure that's something probably quite a few X Files yeah. out there.
1: Oh, that's so funny, you know, I Oh, I probably forgot that for years until you just mentioned it. That's amazing.
0: I'd forgotten it for years, and I remember a couple of years ago reading something about SETI and saying that it was shut down. And, uh, yeah, I remembered it. I used to have that. And, my gosh. Yeah,
1: that's so But cool. also,
0: be- before we move off of Little Green Men, I just remembered another thing, because I watched it a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we were talking about um, Shadows, we were talking about how they have those very 90s power suits with the huge um, shoulder pads uh-huh. and stuff. When was the last time that you watched Little Green Man? Did you rewatch it ahead of this podcast?
1: I, I didn't. Um, okay. I, yeah, no.
0: There is that scene where Scully is in the airport and she's trying to. She thinks she has a suspicion that she's being followed by either somebody in the FBI uh-huh. or somewhere in the someone in the shadow government. And she's looking around all these different businessmen thinking, who could it possibly be? And of course, you know, being the 90s, the people that are actually following her is this couple in these bright pink floral pattern shirts who just stand out in a sea of grey. And of course, those are the people that are supposed to be discreetly following her. (laughs) I just thought it was a very 90s touch, which uh, deserved a mention.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, you know, it's so funny, I've got like Netflix on cue every time we do these podcasts and I'm, I'm actually looking at the scene that you're talking about and not only are they like floral, they are like the man is in like a pattern shirt with like bright pink and and the woman's shirt I guess is like floral and bright pink. So
0: It's yeah. basically like someone has been like, you know, Cigarette Smoking Man is there with his colleagues and he's yeah. talking about, well... You know, Mulder has disappeared. We don't know how to find him. The only way is if somebody tracks Scully and she'll lead us to him. Uh We'll put our best agents on this. Where's the Fresh Prince and Jazzy Jeff?
1: Yes, exactly. It's so badly done. That's so funny. They're not very good... uh... Covert operatives. There are they.
0: No, no I like the fact that they have to spell everything out in their conversation as well. Yeah. like Oh, we lost her. It's okay. We know where she's going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You go ahead. You're talking oh, about. No. So
1: okay, Little Green Men
0: or the host, whatever uh, you want to talk about. Little
1: Green Men. So Little Green Men. Um, of course that I joked right before we started this podcast that the first half of season two is kind of like the Dana Scully bump watch because they, you know, they're trying so hard to hide this pregnancy. Um, and of course, learning in the summer that Jillian Anderson was pregnant, of course, when you see little green men, I think a lot of people were, were like, oh, you know, we're, we don't really see it. Well, you don't really through a lot of the episode until she shows up in Puerto Rico to pick up Mulder. And then when she kind of crouches down on the floor to kind of help him up, um, you get a, a pretty good shot of it. I think that they were having trouble hiding. So, um, then it was kind of like a game, I think, for people to be like, oh, when, you know, are they hiding it with this or, oh, she's bending over this way or, I mean, it it is impossible. I can't even, I've had two children. I don't know how you hide that. Um, so I, kudos to them for hiding it as much as they did for the first, you know, first part of the season before she had the baby. There there was my, my bump watch comment that I wanted to bring up. Um... Let's see, probably, I don't know that I have a lot for um, blood and sleepless, but um, host is super, super interesting to me only because it's just it's something that really shouldn't be terrifying. And you know, in in terms of it it seems so ridiculous, kind of in 2015 when you talk about this man sized like creature. Uh, that you know is in your sewage system and everything, but at the time, the whole thing could be you know the whole porta potty aspect of it. It just really made that list of things that Chris Carter did to us that makes us never like it, it makes us think twice about using things like a porta potty. Um, so there's, I'm sure most X Files fans have that kind of list of things Chris Carter ruined for them. Uh, you know, of course, all in good fun. Um, I think porta potties are probably. I don't know. The general population doesn't really like porta potties, but in particular, I think X Files. No, you'd, you'd be fans, hard
0: stretched to find a porta potty fan yeah. who'd seen this episode or not. <laughs>
1: yes. I think, though, for X Files fans, there's an extra don't use the porta potty on in their minds, you know, that maybe other parts of the general population don't have as strongly. Um, so, um, I don't know. I guess. Those first, you know, the, those first episodes are kind of rough because you, all through season one, you're used to kind of the dynamic of Mulder and Scully together, and now in the first part of season two, that dynamic, is it's there. I mean, they're talking to each other, but it's obviously very strained. You know, she's on the phone, and or they're kind of having a few clandestine meetings here and there, and of course the X-Files have been closed, so they're not going to be working one-on-one together all the time. Uh, but it's you know it's a different dynamic, so it kind of I think for some fans it made it tough to navigate that first that first little bit.
0: Yeah, and obviously that was you know by necessity because of Julian Anderson's pregnancy. That's mm-hmm. kind of why they went down this avenue and worked around it. And mm-hmm. you know it's kind of um, thematically something that's repeated then at the beginning of season six, where Mulder and Scully are actually still partners, but they are off the X Files mm-hmm. and. You know, rather than going, rather than uh, searching through sewage, as they are in The Host, um, (laughs) in Season 6, they're looking at big piles of manure. (laughs)
1: Yes. It's so funny in Season 6, too, because you're kind of like, why would they have kept them together? That doesn't, obviously on the show, we know why, but, you know, in reality, would they really have kept them together? I mean, if they're such troublemakers, I think the FBI, they probably would have done much better to split them up in the beginning, if, if this were, like, real life, so...
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Which it's not, but (laughs) just for anyone out there that that worries that um, we think it's real.
0: (laughs) No, X-Files is (laughs) make-believe. So, um... I guess we kind of covered the first four episodes. There mm-hmm. apologies to anybody listening that is a huge fan of any of those I four know. episodes. We don't mean to do the those episodes in injustice at all. And, you know, so, but feel free to uh, tweet us, Facebook us, yeah. or to comment on um, on this episode's page on X-Files, mm-hmm. uh, Share your opinions. Um, the reason that we're sort of glossing over them is because we really want to get to the second set of four episodes. Yeah. That we're talking about today. So, Dwayne Barry, Ascension, three, and One Breath. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously the the real start of the whole mythology. Um, that everything else after it is based on throughout the course of the X Files. You know, we've talked about Gillian Anderson being pregnant and having to work around that, while well, eventually she was going to give birth and have to take some time off how do you cover that in a show like the Files? well you have her abducted by aliens and you know it, it was a you know i think chris carter said numerous times that it was a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. it forced them to to create this storyline which you know reverberated for years after the fact um let's go uh start talking about dwayne barry and ascension then the two-parter um mm-hmm. where Mulder is called in to uh, a hostage negotiation situation um, to deal with Dwayne Barry, um, who is taking people hostage in a travel agency. He believes that he is being abducted by aliens and he wants to take his psychiatrist along with him in hopes that the aliens will abduct the doctor instead of him. That doesn't go quite to plan. And then he kidnaps Scully and takes her to be abducted Mm -hmm. instead. So... I'm sure there's a ton of shipper moments in there that I've overlooked. (laughs) Tiffany, enlighten me.
1: I know. It's so funny that my true colors really come out when we're talking about some of these episodes. Um, It's amazing. Dwayne Berry is a a great episode. First of all, you know, Chris Carter's comments about um, it being a blessing in disguise. I. I cannot imagine what that was like at the time uh, for them finding out that Jillian was pregnant in season one. You have a brand new fledgling show. You have a a star that really hasn't kind of been in anything. Uh, They, you know, Chris, of course, kind of went out on a ledge for her and really fought for her to have this role. And that must've been tough for Jillian to, um, have to kind of have that fear of, oh, my gosh, you know, now obviously you're, you're married, you're very excited to be having a baby, and yet probably worried a bit about what your bosses are, are going to kind of say about it. So I think that Chris really stuck by her, and they worked it into the storyline. And I think anyone that may have been concerned about it before from the network side probably couldn't imagine it happening any other way now. Because it really, everything that comes after it is based upon them hiding her pregnancy and this two, and then of course three-parter when you add one breath in, between Dwayne Barry's Ascension and, and one breath. It is really the part where the X-Files takes off. You know, it kind of comes out of the gate and just the mythology is full on there. And it's more than just, you know, you have an episode here or there about an aliens or about, you know, a guy that chases UFOs. Now you have your main characters that you've grown to really admire and like over a season and a half. And now you've put them in a situation that is in- incredibly uh, terrifying for them. You know, you have uh, her leaving the message on his answering machine of course she's leaving a message as she's abducted and then you have her screaming for him and then uh you know the opening scenes in Ascension of course he's the audience sees what happens to her but all Mulder has is her voice on his answering machine in her panicked cries for help and so what you're seeing uh in Ascension in the beginning there is Mulder's um basically his version of what he believes has happened based on, it's what he's visualizing based on what he's hearing uh, and based on what he's seen at the crime scene. And so, you know, they've investigated kind of all of these things and now he's having to investigate her abduction. Um, so I think for two characters, that's an incredibly powerful springboard uh, for their relationship. Of course at this point, you know, it's not a romantic partnership, so much as they're really becoming kind of best friends and it's a partnership in every true sense of the word and so he's had his partner abducted and and there's a lot of powerful imagery that starts kind of playing through when you get to uh ascension you start really kind of seeing who Mulder is as a person in terms of how hard he's gonna work to try to find her and of course keeping in mind that he couldn't find his sister so his sister has been abducted by aliens and now supposedly his partner has been abducted by aliens, the government or, you know, whoever. And, uh, that's for him as a character losing his sister and then losing his, you know, probably his kind of human credential, I guess is, is what, uh, David Duchovny refers to, uh, as Scully's character later on. That's a very powerful thing for him because he, he's so far failed at finding his sister is he going to fail at finding his partner? Um, so there's a lot of really great character moments, I think, for him. Uh, you know, of course, the these episodes are really kind of centered around her, but it's kind of his perspective in terms of trying to get her back.
0: Yeah. I'm just going to build on exactly what you've said right there um, mm-hmm. by skipping forward to the next episode, Free, mm-hmm. which... I'll let you say some stuff on that in a moment. Sure. I know that it's not most people's favorite episode, but I went back and I rewatched all four of these episodes over the last 48 hours. And, okay, I'm not a huge fan of that particular episode's story or anything like that, mm-hmm. but watching it in the context of what is going on, I think you get some really good insights into Mulder's character there. You know that You know, his partner, Scully, who you know, at this point, it's not the love of his life, but there's a definite connection there, definite platonic friendship mm-hmm. between them. And after her disappearance, which is touched on at the beginning of the episode, you know, he he just pulls all of his energy into his work at that point, you mm-hmm. know. And you kind of get a glimpse of what his life must have been like prior to Scully when he was working the X-Files alone. And, you know, you can kind of see there the way that he goes about, you know, the monotony of his job even in these extreme and unusual circumstances Mm -hmm. he's just sort of focused on the work and he's using it maybe to distract him from scully's disappearance and you think well god this guy has been doing the exact same thing for 20 odd years Mm -hmm. to distract himself from his sister's disappearance right? right. you know all those years before and
1: yeah and maybe it's something he can control you know he he can't control what's happened to scully he can't make it work any faster, no matter how much he wants to. And obviously he still has a, he has a job. And if he wants to use his resources to find her, he has to also be doing his job. So he's probably kind of begrudgingly in a way having to work on another case, but at the same time, it's something he can throw himself into and something that he feels like he can solve. And it's something he he feels more control over than his partner's disappearance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know in free the backdrop of that is these wildfires in California and you know thinking of my new perspective on that episode this morning I was thinking oh god you know it's kind of very fitting considering you know this is a portrait of Mulder whose world is burning down all around him now and mm-hmm. he's a guy who's afraid of fire to begin with so interesting new perspective on that episode yeah. I thought.
1: and then of course you have um the moment where uh, Scully's mom gives him, or, or I guess he tries to give her cross back to her mother and her mother makes him keep it. Um, so it's, it's. I know a lot of people are not super thrilled about the episode. I, I, I don't think anyone, you know, you, you have a show that's kind of been building on these two people and suddenly you have an episode where one of them isn't there. Um, So I I think that no matter what they did, hardcore fans were going to kind of struggle with it anyway. Um, So, you know, coming out with three, I don't don't think three was just bad in terms of being bad necessarily. I think it was going to be hard to please regardless. It's not my favorite episode, but it's definitely uh, an episode where I can see Mulder's character really needing to kind of have control over something in his life. And so for him, it makes sense to me that his behavior is what it is
0: in three yeah and of course that episode features um another one of david coveney's former girlfriends who Mm -hmm. is now more famous for her role on entourage perry reeves mrs Ari. so go check that out kids (laughs) (laughs) um i'm just gonna backtrack to Dwayne barry real quick sure um and also little green man a little bit um just because you know, there's a there's a whole lot of science and um, and um, explanations of real world mythos in the X Files and in Little Green Men. As visual as that episode is, there's a couple of scenes where it's basically Mulder lecturing Scully on these big telescopes and satellites that they have all over the world and the history of these different science programs, um, which is. Very fascinating information, but the way that it's given on screen is is uh, kind of a, a dry sort of delivery. Whereas in Dwayne Barry, you have a ton of information of the typical alien abduction experience. You know, um, most of the episode is obviously a chamber piece. It's David Duchovny and mm-hmm. um, Steve Railsback in the travel agency office. Uh, just talking and doing the whole hostage negotiation thing. But you have all of those flashbacks then, which are completely visual of Mm -hmm. uh, Dwayne Barry's experience as an alien abductee and what that experience is like being taken from your bedroom, uh, having these beings surround you, you know, paralyzed, uh, you know, no control over your body, but you feed yourself rising up. And then the whole uh, tests and experiments and torture on board the spacecraft, um, I just thought that was a nice contrast in terms of how you have all of this information delivered. In Little Green Men, it's pretty much just spoken. This is what blah, blah, blah. In Dwayne Barry, you get to see and experience it all. And I think that's why Dwayne Barry is considered to be such a powerful episode. Yeah, I
1: think Dwayne Barry is more, it's very cinematic in that way. Absolutely.
0: I mean, you know, these days, you know, TV is becoming a lot more cinematic and that's in no small part to... um, You know, X-Files writer Vince Gilligan on doing all his stuff on Breaking Bad, you know, completely visual show. Uh And, uh, you know, back in the early 90s, though, TV was not like that. And Dwayne Barry, I think, is for all of the spoken parts of the episode. I think it's those visual parts which really stand out and which have the most power.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think for Dwayne Barry, it would be too easy to just kind of be like, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, he's crazy and he kidnaps her and he's a bad guy. I think that to show the absolute terror that he lived in made it more terrifying that he took her because he he's so scared of being taken again he's willing to give up another person. And, well, that and
0: also, scary. and also, as the other layer of you know, okay, so he's really scared of this thing that he believes in. You know, so that makes him more terrifying. Even more terrifying than that is what if this is actually the truth
1: right exactly and you know of course you you think aliens and then you uh you know it starts going into the whole helicopter and and for dwayne Barry, regardless if if it were aliens or the government all of those things were still happening to him and that's the it it then makes it more terrifying as an audience member because now you're like well i don't you know i'm i watch the x files and you know maybe a person watching doesn't believe in aliens but now you have a, a kind of more sinister possible angle of well, what if it's not aliens and it is the government? That's that's incredibly terrifying. Uh so you you kind of are, are able to scare everyone then if you're kind of living through the, the eyes of Dwayne Barry. I, I think Dwayne Barry had he had to be set up the way he was, and it had to be told visually so that the uh moment that kind of Mulder and Scully are reunited is more powerful because of everything that that had happened and I think the visual storytelling and Dwayne Barry as a character had to be crafted in such a way to allow One Breath to be a such a phenomenal episode so you know I see Dwayne Barry Ascension in One Breath as three parts of one whole definitely
0: and uh, definitely got to give a shout out to Nick Lee Um, Mm -hmm. in these first few episodes obviously he was introduced in sleepless um dwayne barry is where you know dwayne Dwayne barry in ascension is where he really gets to shine as Mulder's temporary partner Mm -hmm. who uh, turns out to be a mole of uh, cigarette smoking man but i think there's just some beautiful moments in dwayne barry where he's just doing the whole eager to please act
1: yeah
0: and you know you could you can really feel for the guy before you find out his true colors the bit where um Mulder is talking to the agent in charge and sort of storms off he's like well is there anything I can help you with and so she (laughs) gives him her coffee order and the poor guy you really feel for him before you realize that no he's a bad yeah okay so one breath Mm -hmm. um Scully suddenly appears in a hospital everybody had written her off as missing or dead um but suddenly she's in hospital nobody knows how she got there and um when we talked about beyond the sea we mentioned this episode and that it's linked in a way that it deals a lot with uh, the character and you have um some very distinctive uh, visual scenes of mm-hmm. her sitting in a rowing boat mm-hmm. um in her mind and then lying down on a table and her deceased father comes and speaks to her Um, You know, those are very evocative images which stay with you a long time after Mm -hmm. the episode. And those are the one images that I've always most closely associated with the episode. I had forgot how much other stuff actually takes place in one breath. Yeah. And I think it's got to be one of my favorite mythology episodes from the second season. Yeah. Um, I honestly... Every time I watch it, I'm surprised as how much stuff happens in that episode with X um, executing the guy uh-huh. in the uh, parking lot. And um, what is quite possibly not only my favorite um, Skinner moment of the entire show, but also <laughs> my favorite speech of the entire show where um, Mulder tries to hand in his resignation and Skinner comes down and says it's unacceptable. And just gives him this whole big speech about how he joined uh, the military, or um, uh, is it the military, or is it some particular branch of the military in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and um, how they were going, you know, through the jungle, and one day they just got ambushed and everybody got killed, and uh, basically Skinner is opening up to Mulder and saying that he had a near-death experience and uh, he came back from that woke up a few weeks later in a hospital and uh, he says um, me, I, I'm scared to look any further beyond that experience, you, you are not and I, yeah. that whole scene, that speech, I absolutely love it and I, that's one of the things that I keep forgetting is in one breath, there is just so much stuff that this episode has to give it's yeah. just awesome, I think it blows the rest of the episodes out of the water, yeah. really do
1: I think that um, Mulder's pain in one breath is so very visceral. It it just, he is so just devastated um, by what's happened to her, by the fact that he couldn't prevent whatever has happened to her from happening. Um, You know, she's not getting better. You have the doctors and, of course, her mother uh, talking about, um, you know, pulling the plug. They don't think she's going to make it. And he just cannot accept that that's going to be her fate. He just, he, he can't fail at that. You know, he, he feels that he's failed his sister. And if he loses her, then he's failed her too. He's failed Scully too. And, uh, it's, it's so interesting to me that he's so injured by it that he can't even bring himself to be at the hospital, uh, when they're ready to pull her off life support. And it's Melissa Scully Who really in this episode shines so brightly uh, in contrast to him where she just is kind of like, you know, he's spending all of this time trying to get even. And Melissa Scully, of course, is yelling at him, you know, why are you spending all this time trying to get even rather than just telling her how you feel? Um, And obviously there is a connection there. Obviously Scully's sister senses this connection either from what she witnesses or from uh, what Scully may have told her about him. And he finally decides to come and and be by her, her side. Um, And it's just so it's painful to kind of watch him go through that. So, but um, it's just, you know, it's a great episode all around. And then of course you, you talked about the imagery uh, of her kind of, you know, her father talking to her and her sitting in the boat uh, with, you know, of course, the rope that's wet from the the lake and the tether. And she's really, it's all illustrating that she's barely hanging on and she's, she's having to make a choice of whether she goes on or whether she, you know, stays and, and you know, wakes up from this coma.
0: So and um i mentioned obviously that you know we have that great scene with x in one breath mm-hmm. we haven't mentioned him at all uh, x is introduced for the first time i think in sleepless
1: uh you know i think i think you're right actually um, i think
0: i think it's the same episode that crycheck is introduced uh, and obviously yeah. you know because sleepless deals with the military a little bit you know you kind of right. have the whole government conspiracy angle so uh you know, this is where X is introduced as, um, the, uh, replacement for Deep Throat. He's going to be our, uh, man within the, uh, within the secret government that's going to supply some information right. to Mulder. He's, he's the new informant basically. And, um, where do you stand on X? Where do you rank him as, in terms of the different informants that Mulder has had over the years. Um, and also, I guess that, that Doggett has an informant too.
1: Right, right. I I liked X a lot. Um, he, I think his, you know, of course, Deep Throat is killed, and of course X gets killed. Um, the way in which, uh, I like the interaction between X and Skinner uh, later on. um and I don't know. I mean, I have a soft spot for Deep Throat just because he kind of was the first. Um, but I like X a lot, but I like him even more by the truth. Um, when he comes in, when Mulder of course is in prison at the end of season nine and uh, it, he kind of steps out from the shadows and and they have their uh, kind of back and forth. I really I think went back and remembered how great of a character he was and how very little he really kind of was in the show. I don't I think I think Deep Throat kind of is always with me, even though of course he wasn't there that long. Uh but uh X I think had a very important and and powerful role to play. And of course dying on Mulder's doorstep uh you know and, and spelling out the last clue kind of in blood was a a, a pretty i guess
0: a good way for for that character to go yeah i mean x is definitely um one of the informants that i was particularly attached to and it probably comes into the fact that i came into the show around the end of season three season four which is obviously when he dies Mm -hmm. and for you you are there at the beginning so i can understand maybe deep throat maybe means more to you and other people that were right. there right from the very beginning um, I'd be interested to hear from listeners in, just in terms of when they started list, when they started following the show and um, if that has created any sort of biases in terms of their favourite seasons or you know the sort of characters that they are most strongly attached to Yeah. Um, but I just want to give a quick shout out to Stephen Williams who plays X um, I think X is awesome he's a lot more a man of action than um, Deep Road ever was. Uh, and we'll see some more of that over the uh, next few podcasts. Uh, but just to give a shout out to him. I mean, if you haven't seen any of the other stuff that he's been in, go on to IMDb and check it out. Um, he was in the Blues Brothers movie. Uh, was it the Blue Br- original one or the sequel? It was the original Blues Brothers. He's basically the cop that's chasing them throughout the entire movie. Um, mm-hmm. which is a nice a nice cami to go back and see him in that now, knowing him as X and um, he also had his own TV show for a couple of seasons called LA Heat, which was your typical um, 90s basically like a the, the cop equivalent of Baywatch is probably the best way to describe it <laughs> so if you haven't seen that show, uh, go out and check out a couple of episodes for some nice cheesy 90s action <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 so funny. While while you were talking, I kind of pulled up, uh, season nine's uh, episode "The Truth" again, and kind of was looking at that scene between he and Mulder. And I think, um, I I have fond memories of X, but I think seeing him in that scene really, uh, kind of brings his character home for me because he definitely. You know, it's interesting between him and Deep Throat. Deep Throat is definitely more kind of a, a father-like character for Mulder, I think. He's a bit kinder in his tone. And X is kind of very harsh. But what's interesting about X is he's very truthful. Uh, and maybe he doesn't deliver it quite as jovially as as anyone else would, but... He, you know, when Mulder's in prison in the truth, he's kind of getting him up off his feet and being like, What are you doing? You know, get up and, and get going. And um, you know, if you if you're trying to get to the truth, then get up and do it. You're gonna need some help. Uh so I, I love that kind of they brought him back in season nine to, to be that character for him.
0: Yeah, think about it now, you know, um the relationship between Mulder and X is, you know, we're obviously seeing that from Mulder's perspective. But I'm thinking when you skip ahead to season six, mm-hmm. um, you kind of have a nice parallel of that relationship. But from a, the alternative perspective, um, when you consider the relationship between Krychek and Agent Spender, mm-hmm. a very similar sort of relationship. But, um, you know, Krychek being the X kind of equivalent yeah. to an extent. Interesting way to look at it. Okay, anything else to talk about from these eight episodes, or are you ready to move on to the quiz portion of the show?
1: I think it's quiz time.
0: Okay. (laughs) Have you brushed up on your season two knowledge?
1: I have not, so I'm going to wing it, and hopefully I'll get one of the five, maybe more. We'll see.
0: Okay. Let's get started then. In the flashback in Little Green Men... What TV show does young Mulder want to watch?
1: Um. Oh, let's see, okay. I know the game they're playing, and she's turning the TV channel... I can't believe I don't remember this.
0: And this might be one of those things that changes in future flashbacks of that same incident, because I think the game they're playing changes at some point.
1: Yeah, I I remember. Oh man, it's it's really on the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming to me. Um, wow, no, I I don't have it, huh?
0: In Little Green Men, uh, the show that he wants to watch is The Magician.
1: Oh yes.
0: Question two: What future X Files writer played the Fluke Man in The Host?
1: It's uh, it's Darren Morgan.
0: It is.
1: Yeah.
0: A bonus point, uh, whatever character would he go on to play later on in the show?
1: Um, oh. I can't believe I don't remember this.
0: It's a season four episode. I know. You know the episode, don't you?
1: It's Small Potatoes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he plays Eddie. Is it Eddie Van Blunt?
0: it is eddie van block yes
1: oh good good (laughs) i i knew it was season four and then i was like okay i know this i know that i could see his face even okay yay
0: okay question three what is the name of the mountain in ascension
1: of the mountain oh it's uh for some reason i was thinking totally different episode uh it's uh skyland mountain
0: It is. What episode were you thinking of?
1: (laughs) Uh, For some reason, I was thinking uh, Puerto Rico again. And then I was like, wait, no. Oh, that would be a hard question. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, uh, I know the name of where they were. Uh, For some reason, yeah, you said Ascension and I thought Little Green Men, but it's fine.
0: (laughs) Um, In free, what strange food does Mulder find in the oven?
1: It's, uh, It's bread with blood in it
0: it is. Yeah. And then question five, final question for this week. What is the name of the nurse in one breath?
1: Oh, it's...
0: This is the nurse that may not actually exist.
1: Yeah, it's, um, is it Beth? No. No, 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 no. Hold
0: on. Yeah, and I, I think it's her last name.
1: Oh, nurse... She says, nurse, so-and-so, I want to thank her. Uh...
0: And hi to any of you fans out there who are screaming at your car radio right now as you're listening to this on your commute into work.
1: Uh, I don't have it it's miss owens see i knew the second you said it i would just be like smacking myself
0: so you got three out of five that's
1: better than last time it's better
0: than last time absolutely (laughs) all right well uh let's wrap it up go ahead and wrap it up then for this week um next week we will be uh talking the next few episodes in season two we're going to do firewalker through to fresh bones
1: there's some great episodes in that set
0: i'm gonna go back and just take a quick look at what ones are in that set
1: it's it's so many amazing episodes in that set. That may be a long podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's only a. Few, it's not really that many episodes. It's what seven episodes. No. So one less than yeah. most of but what we've got, done so far. But you have yeah.
1: Firewalker, which is the first one of when they come. Well, when Scully's back at work, that's a very powerful episode. And uh, irresistible's in there.
0: Oh wow! Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh that'll be a good
0: one yeah that's going to be fun so uh, I hope everybody's enjoyed this and I hope you come back uh, for more next week Um, just real quick I want to say that if you have enjoyed the show please uh, we want to hear from you please get in touch with us Um, we'll give you um, well let's do it now uh, how you can get in touch with us you can uh, get in touch with me um, through um, Facebook or Twitter I'm on Facebook David T. Harwood And I'm on Twitter at David T. Howard. So very simple. Um, Tiffany, do you want to go ahead and give your uh, social media credentials?
1: Yes, you can reach me on Twitter and tell me uh, all the answers to the questions that I keep not knowing the answer to uh, at at T. Deval, D-E-V-O-L. That's my Twitter handle. And, of course, I'm on Facebook, just Tiffany Deval. And, um, yeah, and if you like the episode three – Please tweet me and tell me why. I'm just curious.
0: Also go to um, <laughs> x x-files talk x Go to the show notes and uh, mm-hmm. give us your feedback there as well. Um, if you have any ideas for uh, future questions that I can torment Tiffany or other co-hosts with, yes. then uh, please send them directly to me and uh, I'll be happy to maybe include those in future podcasts. Right now, any questions you have related to season three or season four would be awesome. Um If you've been enjoying the show so far, please go to our iTunes page and leave us a review. Uh, Help spread the word, you know, get other X-Files fans to come in and start listening to the show. Basically, we want to get everybody really, really excited ahead of the revival. We want to, you know, get the community back together as it was um, Mm -hmm. and really uh, help the, the revival be a huge success because potentially there could be some more x-files in the future as a result of that so yeah please spread the word get excited and uh, support the show that we all know and love if you do really, really, really enjoy this podcast, then please go to talk xfiles.com and there's a link there to Amazon. It's an affiliate link, which basically means if you click on that link and you go to Amazon and you buy something, it's not going to cost you any extra money, but a small percentage of what you spend will come back and will help finance the show because it does cost some money to... Um, actually get the files online available for everybody to download for free so that would be much appreciated as well um obviously as well go to xfilesnews.com for all mm-hmm. of your up-to-date news on everything x files because there is so much stuff happening right now it's crazy Daily.
1: it's it's crazy it's yeah, just, it, it amazes me how many Twitter followers even we increase every day right now. And it's just going to get more awesome as time goes on and we get kind of uh, further on and in, into the filming of these episodes. So, uh, yeah, and of course you can follow X-Files News on Twitter at X-Files News. Um, some, one of us is on Twitter all the time uh, at X-Files News, so uh, feel free to tweet us and Uh, We love getting into conversations with fans and uh, kind of, you know, sharing the love with everybody.
0: Guys, thank you very much for listening, Tiffany. Thank you so much for being here. And um, I hope everybody will tune in next week when we do Fire Walker through Fresh Bones. Until then, all done. Bye bye.